I was like, damn, you were just, you would make so many people cry with that comment. Definitely. Those are fighting <laughs> words. <laughs> I can't say I disagree. It'd be fun to see Trey in any band. We're going with the Joni Mitchell version, not the Counting Crows, <laughs> Vanessa Carlson version. Oh my God. It's not bad. Their recording's not bad, but it it's. Is oh, that their version? Oh yeah, Joni Mitchell, she took her music off Spotify. Oh. Uh, Mm, should we should we do another one, or should we YouTube it? It's up to you. Uh, let's try for YouTube. Okay. Let's go. For, let's go for it. She, maybe she didn't take it off YouTube. I don't know. Joe Rogan's on YouTube. Oh, is that why? I think so. I think she did it in solidarity with Neil Young, who took it off because of Joe Rogan. Oh, nice. I get it. Listen, since she took her music off Spotify, I only listen to her records, yeah. and then I listen to so much more of her music. Yeah. You can also listen to the Counting Crows version. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. With I'm Vanessa kidding. Carlton. With Vanessa Carlton. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love the ad. There's still going to be an ad here. Do you know I train myself now when I watch ads? I just flip the bird and I go, fuck you, Airbnb. No <laughs> matter who it is. <laughs> your FBI agent. Yeah. I'm just letting, I'm just l- teaching myself. All right. First, right off the bat. Nobody plays the guitar like this lady. No. It's so chaotic and good. And s- same with the way she sings. No. <laughs> and like the percussion's so cool. We got fucking Dr. Dre on these triangles right here. I feel like the, the song reminds me of Shrek for some reason. Because Counting Crows had another song in Shrek. Accidentally ah. in love. Ah. <laughs> nice, good, subtle strings. That triangle. I think like percussion in these early folk records are so cool because they weren't like on the kit. Right. 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 It was like, we've got that weird. I don't know what Bongo yeah. It sort of sounds like Somebody playing the Washboard too Right Yeah you're right Yeah And like Her guitar Is just so rhythmic Like where she's like Punctuating it It is not like And really hitting it Yeah Yeah She's not just framing It's cause she like Her first instrument Was the dulcimer Oh Which might even be Featured on this song Yeah Oh yeah. The way that she like phrases melodies and stuff and holds it out is like really not the way that singers do it. And I love how jarring the sections are. Yeah. Like that section just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's cool. Because the song like that is right like, there. the lyrics are like meant to be jarring. It's like that's kind of a cliched line now that don't always seem to go, you don't know what you got till gone. But this idea of like Paving paradise, but it's just like, oh, it's supposed to be kind of fucked yeah, up. Yeah, but it's right. also like cute. I don't know. Song of rules. It's so strange, yeah. right? She just goes for it, man. We need more singers like that. Welcome to listen to this podcast wow. where we explore songs we like. We research what they mean, how they're recorded, why they were written, and why you should listen to this. I like my uh, <laughs> my little send send in music now. Um, damn. Hold on. You have to give me a sec. My my Apple F's not working. That's why I couldn't find fucking Steely Dan. Uh, 
Yeah, why is it not working? Edit time. Edit. Dude, that is annoying. Do, do, do. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's like my internet doesn't. Oh, getting the getting the. That's a weird sound. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Maybe it belongs on this track. It could <laughs> yeah, be on there. Could, yeah. <laughs> Today we're talking about one of my favorite dystopian future songs. Cool. I'm into it. Like, yeah. I don't know a lot about this song. Oh, so cool. like, I'm down. I know you know, you love oh, it. Yeah, so. yeah. Joni Mitchell's like one of my all time favorites. Yeah, I so think, I'm ready. I think she's like she like for me exists. I'll oh, we'll get into it later. We'll yeah, get yeah. into it later. Um the song is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Released in April of 1970, it peaked at 24 on the charts, but number one in our hearts. It's been an anthem for the hippies, the environmentally concerned, and good-hearted tree lovers everywhere. It was written and produced by Joni Mitchell. So she produced all of her own music, which I think is very cool. Also, like, unusual back then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very. And this production's cool. It takes a lot of chances. I I, I really like that about her. Yeah. Yeah. The song uh, references DDT. Which uh, which was a famous like wrestling, wrestling move. move. Yeah, I see, know. Did you see me light yeah, up? Because yeah. because every time I see DDT, I just think about fucking Diamond Cutter, yes. baby. Ugh. Yes. Um, but it's actually an incestus insecticide 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 that we used to use on crops. Damn. This song actually was pretty pretty popular in bringing this idea of DDT to the masses and helped start the movement that would eventually outlaw DDT just two years later. Wow. So whenever you think about how great your song is. Think about a song that's even better that actually changes the world. And wow. that's, that's, it's like. She really did write a song and it made something change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the song's not even about getting rid of DDT. No. It just, that's just a passing thing in the song. Huh. Um, this song has been covered by many huh. people and was a huge hit for Amy Grant, Bob Dylan, The Counting Crows with Vanessa Carlton. Nice. And, oh, and here's, here's what I think you're thinking of. It was also sampled in the Janet Jackson song, Got Till It's Gone. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's what you're thinking of, which that was sampled by Wiz Khalifa. Uh, so the, 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 it's uh, a sample of a sample. The, 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 the sample of a sample. Um, of the inspiration for uh, Big Yellow Taxi, Joni says, quote, I wrote Big Yellow Taxi on my first trip to Hawaii. I took a taxi to the hotel, and when I woke up the next morning, I threw back the curtains and saw these beautiful green mountains in the distance. Then I looked immediately down, and there was a parking lot as far as the eye could see. Wow. And it broke my heart, this blight on paradise. Yep. So I really like this. Like yep. That's one of the funniest parts of about this, uh, This like, why I'm like, this is a great dystopian future song. The like, we, I can't remember the exact lyric, but it's like, they took all the trees and put them in a tree museum mm-hmm. and they charged people a dollar and a half to see them, which would be a fucking bargain nowadays. Yeah, yeah. But just the idea that like we have great shit going on and we won't and it's going to be gone and then we'll miss it. And yeah. it's like that, that main lyric is like legendary. Yeah, that right? is good. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Like that's almost like a cliche now. <sighs> yeah. And isn't that the worst feeling? I don't think it's totally true. I think we can like com- combat it with effort. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you spend time like in, it, you know, trying to surround yourself with like gratitude, like you have to make the effort. But if you do, then you know what you've got. It's like right. Whenever I play like a gig, I have like a little thing I like say to myself, and like I make sure to do it every time. If I didn't, I probably would take it for granted. Right. So it does take right. effort, but like it's not that much effort. It's not right. like I'm have to like 
do something with my body. Right, right. <laughs> it's not like I have to clean from my <laughs> fucking house. Um, so that, that line about the trees in, in the tree museum is a reference to Foster Botanical Garden in Hon- Honolulu, mm. which is a living museum of tropical pa- plants. Um, but instead of paying a dollar and a half just to see the trees, you can just flash your Mahalo Rewards card. Wow. You remember that episode yeah. of South Park Butters? I, the so, natives. So I was actually going to bring that up. <laughs> I was gonna, I was waiting for the right moment to bring up the natives. Um, cause I kind of, that kind of fits in with the song a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And that's you such know? a funny episode. Um, I am. So do you think this song has any like, cause like, like Hawaiian music has become weirdly influential in like country music a lot, okay. right? Like the steel guitar, the mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like, ha- like Hawaiian music influence on like Elvis, right? A lot mm-hmm. of those things. Do you hear any Hawaiian music influence on this track? I kind of do when I think about it. Oh man, I, I, I couldn't say like I know much about yeah. Hawaiian music, so I can't really say. Oh, I got to put you on. Yeah, I'm I don't sure, know. I'm sure you know the the Somewhere Over the Rainbow guy. Yeah, like I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and that song, it's funny that you mentioned, even that shares some characteristics of this, mm-hmm. you know? So the Big Yellow Taxi is mm-hmm. actually a reference to the Metro Toronto police cars, which were painted yellow oh, until 1986. So you wouldn't have got... It's I a, would have never known that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's Canadian, so she's in the pantheon of best Canadians, right? Right. It's like her, Shania Twain. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi. <laughs> I thought he was from Hawaii. Kawhi. Kawhi. No, I thought he's from San Diego, no? Yeah, yeah, but you yeah. know, they put him on. They, they, he won him a championship. Ka- yeah, Kawhi and Big Ed. <laughs> Big Ed, yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk, um, before I get into like why I'm obsessed with Joni Mitchell, I do want to talk about like her this frenetic style of guitar right. playing and singing. Right. How does she do it? Because like it doesn't. It's not. It is jarring in the context of like the the way that other people play. But right. when you put on this song, it's not just like oh my god, I'm fucking stressed out. Right. It's not like when you put on like a John Coltrane right. thing. It's different. Right. So like, how does she get away with it? Acoustic guitar. I will almost say than any other instrument, maybe outside of violin, cello, like those two. Acoustic guitar. The sound comes from the hands. Mm. And she gets away with playing the guitar like that because that's that's how she approaches the instrument. It's unlike what most people do. Like yeah. it's it's very very open, but still closed. A lot of attack, and I feel like it's like loose but still straight. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like I can't. It, I know, it's, I know such, what you mean. it's such a weird guitar sound, but it's all in the hands. Yeah, I can't even front, dude. Like, I, part of me thinks like what she's able to do, and this is where it becomes the Ben's obsessed with Joni Mitchell thing. Part of what she's able to do with the guitar and the dulcimer and the piano is like take these instruments that have a pretty like long history of people playing them mm-hmm. and just reinvent them, kind of. Yeah. Like to have your own sound as a guitar player is like almost impossible. Impo- impossible. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are even some guitar legends that like don't even really have their own sound. Right. Because they just sound like, you know, some other version of Jimmy Page, right. some other version of Wes right. Montgomery or right. whatever. She's like got her own lane. Yep. Um, and like that's what, like, this is where I'm going to freak out. I'm just like, that's why she's one of the best. Cause I think what she is on paper is the same thing as everybody else. Right. She's just a singer, songwriter mm-hmm. who plays acoustic instruments right. and writes songs about love and the environment. Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket. It's like, yeah, but she made it her own and she's totally unique. And that's yeah. so hard to do. Like, 
to do something that everyone does, but in a way that's better and different is like special. And I always try to figure it out with her. Like, what is so different about yeah. her? I mean, it might have said like, you know, she came up playing dulcimer or plays dulcimer, yeah. which is similar to the guitar in the sense that it's like, okay, it's a stringed instrument. And mm-hmm. there's two ways to play the dulcimer. There's like the hammer dulcimer where you play the little yeah, hammers. Yeah. She played the, the strumming one. Or the strumming yeah. one. And you got to really kind of strum that thing to make it sound cool. Yeah, I you guess know? that makes sense because it's not, there's no sustain. Yeah. Well, there's some, but it's not like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so like, I feel like if it almost, it almost sounds like she's playing a dulcimer as if it were an acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah. When I think about it and I listen to this song, I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. Which is cool. It got, it's another, it's another point for instrumentalists being like better on another instrument. Yeah. Than their main instrument. Not better, yeah. but like more interesting. Right. Because we talked about that on, I think on our Patreon when we were talking about yeah. the different ways we talk, listen to music. For some reason, we got stuck on like how piano players are better at bass. Yeah. Than bass yeah. players and things like that. So like there's another thing for that. When you're like recording a song like this, I mean, this is probably performed live, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So like, not, like, like there was somebody sitting by a triangle. Or maybe they overdub the triangle. Yeah, like you can still overdub. Like mm-hmm. I mean, this the '70s is like, the, you know, you're still like. I mean, 24 track yeah. machines have to be out by now. This is April 1970 though, so we're just in you're there. just in yeah, the '70s. Yeah. So maybe it's even only 12 tracks. The mustaches haven't fully grown. Right, <laughs> right. So um, yeah, like it's done live, but definitely overdubs added on top. Yeah, yeah. Um, but who knows? Like, and that's what's amazing about like making records back then is the process was so different from song to song. Like you really had to like go in there with some sort of idea, which is probably why everyone needed a producer because like you have all these limitations Mm. and you need to get to this end goal. How are we going to do it? Yeah. You also didn't have, you know, Pensado's place. No. Listen to this, the podcast to, to like get information on like how to do like, Oh shit. Like how do I, use a stereo bus right (laughs) (laughs) which like i don't know that like young Joni mitchell knows any of that stuff no but she produced this herself yeah which leads me to believe she at least could get people to trust her exactly yeah 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 making records in the 70s it it almost feels like the wild wild west because technology had grown up had grown to a certain extent yeah where you know back in the 60s there was so much limitation that there, there almost was a way that you kind of had to do it because, like, you're limited so much. Like, even, like, going back to, like, four-track and eight-track. Like, you got four tracks, you know? You got eight tracks. Yeah. But as you get into the 70s and you get into 12 and 24-track, it's like, man, the sandbox gets a little bit bigger, you know? And it's just interesting to think about how people made records back then. Yeah, I think this song is really cool. I can hear how it would get fucked up by a modern producer. Or even like a producer in like the nineties, I could because I could just like hear this song like at the end of an episode of Scrubs or something. Yeah, like halftime, the guitar is like, or they'll make the drums too not, big, not chaotic. The drums, there's like a big string thing right. instead, that does what the triangles do. Right, a lot of like bold choices on this track, and that's another great thing yeah. about her music. Weird she percussion. was always fucking going for it. Yeah, with, with weird stuff, but it all comes together. Yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a very weird, interesting song. Because at the core of it, she's like in, a, in like a dynamic performer, and like you can't really fuck that up. You right. know what I mean? Like another thing I want to talk about is like I think she's like probably one of one of she's probably my second favorite vocalist in terms of like phrasing. 
Okay. Right. Only behind Willie Nelson. And I think that they have a lot in common. They they treat their voice less like a voice mm-hmm. and more like some other instrument. Like it's clear that Joni thinks she's like a saxophone. The, Interesting. The, the different jumps, the weird phrasing, right. the like. I can I can sort of feel, and she was really inspired. Kind of the volume changes. Yeah, yeah. Like the album that this is off of, um, I think is called Blue, mm-hmm. which is she like was inspired by Miles Davis, kind of blue, of course. So I think like those dynamic changes, she really approaches it like that. And like with Willie Nelson, it's just like that dude just. Mi- puts every word not where you think it's going to go. Right, yeah, the and phrasing it, is so and weird. And it's, like, so cool because y- nobody can cover their songs for shit. Like, right. if you put on that Counting Crows one, we should play a little bit of it right now. Can yeah, do I can, can put that can on. Do yeah, that? it's on the Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you play that, you'll be like, oh, my God. And, like, no disrespect. I like the Counting Crows. Right, I think it's it. still cool. It, it's just, it just is, you know? Right. <laughs> this is like what a modern producer would have done. Yeah, exactly. Like what we were saying, the bigger drums. Where her, where's her thing? It's just this pink hotel and a boutique and a swing. Right, right, right. Like, oh, the big guitars. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't hate this production, but it doesn't capture that same energy. No. Yeah. This feels like a like a ripoff of a Jack Johnson song <laughs> before Jack Johnson existed. Right, there, right, I think. right. But yeah, um, I think something I like too about Joni Mitchell's like crazy style of guitar playing and singing is like it feels it it feels like a single train of thought, which right. makes it like pure. Now, obviously, she like would practice and like the song is like written. It's not like an she didn't improvise this whole fucking song. Right. Nobody's like that. But it feels like an honest expression, and it, it doesn't feel contrived. Whereas, like now, you know, especially nowadays, like we were just talking about how Kenny G doesn't do takes, right? And he just like plays note for note, or like a rapper will go in there and record, you know, the verse for one song, and they'll just cut up each individual word, and then come back like nine months later and do another one. Right. So it's so nice to hear something that just feels real, right? Um, and I don't know why people got away from that. I always, I always wonder, like, especially when I listen to stuff like this, because it's so unique and so cool and, and good. It's not just like weird, because there's plenty of music out now that's weird. Plenty for the weird. Sake yeah. of being weird. Yeah, plenty I, weird. I know because I make a lot of it. Right. Um, and that stuff has its place too, but it's just nice to hear something that is like object, kind of hits all the objective beats of like a good good song or good production, good composition, but just is like a little different. Yeah. Just why it's fun. It's funny that we have a music podcast and every time I come back to this place where I'm like, it's really hard to talk about music. It is. Yeah. Like we, we do a good job, especially you. A lot of people are always telling me like, all your friends so smart. (laughs) (laughs) On this particular thing. (laughs) They're like, your friend's so smart. And I'm like, what about me? They're like, you're fun. You keep keep the party going. I'm like, yeah, it's called being a bass player. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But it's so so hard to talk about music. Like, um, okay, like how do you record a dulcimer? You you would... (laughs) Well, let's just get into some of the nitty gritty. Yeah, there's two like so like anytime you want to record like an acoustic instrument, you always yeah. have one or two options unless you're living in, you know, 2022 yeah. where you can now do it in Dolby Atmos. Oh, yeah, you of know, course. like of course. <laughs> but the sur- the surround sound, the 5.1 surround sound. Journey experience. Exactly. That'd be exactly. Fun. 
Um, but yeah, anytime you're recording an acoustic instrument, you can either do it mono or in stereo. So like mono, obviously one microphone mm. pointed at the instrument. Stereo, two microphones at the instrument that are panned hard left and hard right. Um, to me, I feel like anytime you want to record an acoustic instrument, it depends on the part. Yeah. And a part like this that's so rhythmically driving the song. Yeah, it doesn't just fit, it doesn't just create like an ostinato that becomes hypnotic. No. It's like always kind of doing something. It's driving. It's yeah. almost like it's the drum of the song. Like mm-hmm. that her strumming pattern and it's like it's like it's chaotic but under control. Which another th- another thing that I think we got away from when mm-hmm. we play acoustic guitar is like thinking of it as more of a percussion instrument exactly. than a chord instrument. Exactly. Yeah. And so for that reason I'm putting one mic on it and I'm almost treating it like like as how she's playing it like a dulcimer which yeah. is this big percussive thing that's just has harmonic information like it's it's going to be the same thing with the guitar one microphone make it the star of the show which it kind of is yeah it's almost the loudest thing in the song is that acoustic uh, definitely, guitar definitely definitely which fits with the like her image as like a folk yeah singer songwriter what do you think like when somebody has like a voice that kind of goes through like the range, the actual range mm-hmm. of the notes are so vast. Like, how do you mix for that? How do you count for that in the mix? I mean, it's t- it's hard. Like today, it's obviously easier because you can split the voice up into different tracks. It's like, okay, here's where she's singing low. Process it that way. Here's where she's singing high. Process it that way, and make it all nice and even. But back in 1970, you had your finger on the fader. And you were moving it in oh, real time. That's fucking sick. So the engineer yeah. or herself as the producer knows the song mm. and is performing the song on the recording console in live. That's so cool. This that, is before automation. Because yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting to think that like back then, like people who you know, like engineers or, yeah. or would probably know a song as well as the artist. Yes. And nowadays, it's like. I don't even know if artists know their songs as well as the engineers used to know the old songs. You're right. Because you really would have, you'd have to do that for real. Like I remember watching a documentary about Pink Floyd mm-hmm. making Dark Side of the Moon and they talked about mixing it on the board together. Yeah, you needed like multiple they, people. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm, I, That's so I cool, get dude. so like. We got to go back to that. Yeah, like I, this is so amazing to think like, you know, whenever you do a recording, like you only have 12 tracks probably in 1970, right? You got 12 tracks. And you got all these different processes. You got all these different EQs. You want to do all these different effects. But you can't automate any process. It needs to be done in live action as soon as you push play on the tape machine. And you're going to record all these guys doing all these things to a cassette deck or the the, the final two-mix machine. And so it was a performance that all the, the engineer, the producer, the assistant, all these guys had jobs. Your job at the course is to push this button. Yeah. Your job at the bridge is to turn this EQ on. Your job at this is to turn this on or turn this off. Like it was a performance. Oh, that's so cool. And the engineers back then, you know, like they were scientists in the 50s and 60s. I know they used to wear like ties and shit. Lab coats. <laughs> Lab coats. Yeah. <laughs> and the musicians never even went in the control room. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. even part of the thing. It was like illegal, I think, right? Yeah, it may have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe the engineers just didn't want to like yeah, show them all they, the cool they, shit that they could do. Exactly. They're like, these guys get in there, they're just gonna buy this shit and take our job. <laughs> take our jobs. Exactly. But in the seventies and eighties, the engineer really became another musician in the band. I think that's cool too, because it makes you if you're like an artist and you wanna achieve a certain sound, 
it forces you to do that instead of telling someone else to do it for you. 100%. And I think that's another thing that's really cool about Joni specifically is like, she obviously had the sound she was going for and she made it happen. It's not like I listen to that this song and I'm like, oh, the reverb is no. ma- making that. I don't, no. I don't even hear, no. re- I don't hear really that much production other than arrangement you know what i mean i'm like oh cool like this guitar is kind of loud that's interesting it's like like we sat on the on the back not back and black but the back (laughs) i don't even know anymore the back two black you said it sounds like a production it's cinematic yeah this sounds like something that has just like existed it's a it's a song it's weird it's weird how it works like that song's great i would i would ask everybody who's listening like check out some Joni mitchell records she's got a lot of really interesting shit out there some great lyrics some really deep stuff blue is a great one if you're just trying to lose yourself one of my favorite records of all time thanks so much y'all for listening to this podcast tell your friends by taking back sunday <laughs> we're on instagram patreon or patreon we're actually uploading a lot of a lot of shit to it you can subscribe for as low as three dollars a month for exclusive podcasts access to playlists of what we're listening to you can even call in and request a song if you uh, want to become our cocaid a and r producer that's our elite status elite members um let us know how we're doing please rate and review this podcast and thanks so much for listening to this